Mental health challenges are often kept in the closet or even swept under the rug. We know they can affect anyone from adults to children and the struggle is real. Join us as we talk about relevant topics with mental health experts. Welcome to Equip Online, a place for hope and help. Welcome to Equip Online. I'm Brian and my co-host today is Lark Corbett. And Lark serves with me on staff here at Stonebridge Church, and she happens to be the mom of a college student. And you got another one that's going to be going into college too, right? I do, I do. I have a freshman in college, so I launched one at the beginning of this pandemic, and I have a senior um, in high school. So I am concluding the high school and launching another one at the end of the pandemic. So I am in the middle of this bubble of everything that's going on. So I am absolutely fascinated to hear what you have to tell us. Yeah, perfect. And so with that in mind, our topic today is this idea of how do we launch our children into adulthood? How do, how do young adults, college students successfully launch in this incredibly weird and challenging time, we're still walking through in a pandemic. And so our guest today is Christy Ferris. Christy is a licensed professional counselor and a licensed marriage and family therapist here in the Woodlands, Texas. So Christy, let's get into this discussion about these challenges that college students and young adults are facing as they're trying to launch into adulthood. Um, and so as, I, as we set this up, you know, we really, we were looking at some statistics recently And this is an incredibly unusual and difficult time. Some of the statistics that that really stuck out to me is just the dramatic rise in college students, particularly in young adults, of depression and anxiety. I think there's been a 68% rise somewhere in that neighborhood. Pretty pretty dramatic. Um, Another thing that was interesting is 71% in one study of college students interviewed said, if we could have even telemental health, like we could have virtual counseling appointments, we would take advantage of those. Another mom I talked to that as a student at the University of Texas was saying they've already added additional counseling services to their engineering students. So it's a really, really difficult time. So excited to get into this important discussion. And Lark, are you going to kick us off here as we jump in? Yeah, absolutely. So my first question when I was thinking about is what do you think Um, are the necessary ingredients for a college student to launch successfully into adulthood, just in general? Yeah, this is this is a topic that's of great interest to me. You know, not only do I do it in counseling, but I wanted to say, like you, I also have like three kids that have been really navigating this. I have a senior in college who has obviously lived pre-pandemic, and then I have a freshman that I launched uh, that has had to navigate his first year in college, and then I have a sophomore. So this is this is such a huge thing for kids, and even if you don't are not raising kids in the situation, we see it everywhere. Um, so we, we're going to talk about this a little. Bit bit about like what launching looks like in general, but you know, for obvious reasons, this is a really challenging time that has additional stressors with the pandemic. Um, So the ingredients for launching young adults, I mean, I think if we're talking about it in a general sense is you want them to take ownership of their life choices. So what that may look like is, you know, in high school, you know, you want, I guess, obedient kids, you want them to learn how to follow rules and how to study and stay clean and things like that. And these kids kind of learn how to take instruction, hopefully, right? Ideally. But when they get out into the world, 
they they have to decide, you know, what am I going to do for myself? What do I want life to look like? What is my purpose? What is my direction? And if they don't own that responsibility, it, it can beca- become a problem for them and the parents who are trying to say, hey, I need you to go and function. Um, as a part of that adulting, there's, there's certain skills like time management, like <clears throat> just dealing with how to maintain a schedule, you know, obviously there's money issues and things of learning how to deal with that. But I think probably a big thing that we see um, is kids managing their lives socially and relationally. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that with, with how uh, social media and technology has changed how they function in the world socially? Absolutely. Um, I know that for my son, uh, you know, just <clears throat> there are times he will go through periods where he will even admit and say, I I feel like I'm addicted to Snapchat right now. I feel like I'm addicted to TikTok because those are things that we did work through when he was in high school. And as we've tried to prepare my kids is to say, hey, you need to understand and be able to have self-control over some of these behaviors. And when you start seeing yourself um, in it this much and it taking this much time and you're pulling away from these things and he'll say that and then he'll delete it. But then a month later, he's like, ah, I'm good, and he'll put it back. And so it's just very difficult socially to, uh, that it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's kind of a question of, is it really connection? And I don't want right. to, you know, side troll too much into the technology, social media thing. But I think even before the pandemic, there was some isolation and, you know, increased depression. And I know we know that statistically, if kids are on social media and technology more than three hours a day, they have more of a risk of anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. How many kids do you know are on social media and technology, you know, less than that? So it really has created quite uh, the situation there. And also just how to um, kind of secure good friendships and actually like engage with those friendships and simple skills like how to apologize and and manage uh, saying a complaint uh, properly because now it's just so easy to just shoot it off in a text as opposed to seeing the person face to face and working out a problem. Mm Um, so that's that's a big thing. I'm sure we'll get back to some of those social skills. I, I think a huge one that I have seen is just this idea of grit. Um, young adults need this this sense that they can stick with something, that if it's hard, they can overcome it. Um, I think of grit as like a follow through and an acceptance that when it's hard, I'm not going to just sit down and blame someone or give up. You know, I think I'm going to just keep going and, and seek support and really just power through it. And so grit is a, is a word that comes up a bit with young adults. Yeah, I've heard it's like one of the number one predictors of success in life. Like it gives you more than talent or anything else, of that ability just to not give up, to persevere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, because we focos a lot on academics and, and you know, who who's has certain gifts and skill sets. But if you don't have the grit, you know, I see kids that don't may not be considered top tier, you know, do very well in college because they just keep going. They keep working at it or even a job like hard work ethic makes a difference. Um, I, I think that accepting that failure and mistakes are going to happen is a natural part of, of life. Sometimes there is that idea that I have failed, therefore, you know, I'm not good enough. And that leads to self-worth issues, anxiety, you know, uh, that's where that give up can hit because I'm expected to be, you know, the top tier. I'm expected to be the winner. And so just kind of letting them know that, that that's not the case, that that is where the grit comes in. Learn from it. What do you do with it? Okay. 
Yeah, that's a huge one too, I think. I, I can't, I feel like I would be amiss if I didn't bring in the money uh, just because I deal with so many adults that have never really learned that. Just dealing with uh, money management, learning how to handle what is a budget. We're, we're moving away from checkbooks, you know, so it's like when you go online, you're like, oh, I have a balance, but really you forgot the three other things that you've charged already and you don't have a balance. Things like that have really caused some stress for young adults, just figuring out how to do that. Yeah, yeah. And it does seem like it's, we love all the technology, but it's almost can become complicated. Like, wow, which app do I want to use? Which, you know, back in the old days, just got my checkbook register and do it. So kind of finding one I can commit to and be disciplined about probably. Right. Right. And then, you know, there, there are basic, you know, I, I have a little bit of a list here. There are some basic like adulting skills. Like you, you know, you always think about, you hear people say, well, make sure your kids know how to do their laundry. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll read some basic ones like um, basic housekeeping, how to use an ATM machine. Um, I actually have had kids that never pumped gas that didn't know how to do basics like that. Um, you know, managing a budget, uh, basic first aid. That's something, it's funny, moms in particular will do the first aid and then <laughs> they go off to school and, and you send them with this kit and they're like, mom, I have no skin on my heel. What do I do? Um you know, how to hang a picture, how to make uh, good, healthy eating choices when you're away from home and, you know, you can live off Snicker bars. Um, um, how to cook a few simple meals if you're on your own. How to change a tire. I'm pretty sure I can't change a tire still. <laughs> Routine car maintenance. I, I had that with my daughter. I, I don't think we told her about oil changes. Oops. Um, how to use things like Uber or public transportation. And a really key one, identifying an adult they can call or text in a crisis. Because parents are around, but sometimes we're not available. So when you're off and away from home, who, who can you call? Who's your backup? Sometimes your friends are not the best backup. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's really awesome. So that's a great, you know, and I love this discussion because, I mean, as even even thinking about it from a parent standpoint, so much of parenting, a lot of times you're just trying to just get by day to day. You're just trying to survive. But it's so good to have that that big goal of like one day we we hope that this child's going to grow up and become independent, an independent adult. And so what a great challenge for us as parents to be more intentional about helping to train because I think it's also embarrassing if, if you are a college student, you feel like I didn't get this stuff. And now I'm, uh, feel kind of ashamed a little bit that I don't know some of these skills that my friends seem to know. Uh, so it's, that's a really, really great list. Now I'm curious where there, I think we've got multiple layers. I think, you know, with, I think about this current generation of our young adults right now, do you feel like growing up in this time that they've grown up in, there was already some challenges they were already facing towards them successfully launching? I know you may have alluded to a couple of them in that list, but anything else you want to elaborate on? Like what is unique to this generation that's making it difficult for them to launch? Well, I don't, the first one I was thinking of with that when you were talking is that I don't think it's necessarily unique to this generation, but I think it has amped up. And that is to some extent the expectations of parents and how they clash with what the kids may, either what their aptitude is or what their expectations or hopes are for themselves. And so I think that there's kind of that, that concept of accepting the child that you have and not the child you wish you had, if that makes some sense. Mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, and it's a challenge on both sides because parents have to deal with, you know, I may have this dream for my kid and that may not be what happens. And then kids I see, and I see this in my practice, they grapple so much with wanting to please their parents, with wanting to live up to that expectation, but they themselves will will feel inside like a, a, a real dissonance with that. Like, this is not who I am, whether that be career choice or achievements or whatnot. And so it creates a lot of... um I don't know, conflict sometimes, but sometimes it's just low self-esteem, like I, I've fallen short of their expectations. So that's a, that's a big one that I see. Yeah, I feel like there is a, does seem like an extra level of pressure, whether it, whether it might even be even from a high school student trying to get into college and then maybe a college student trying to get out and get that job. I think it just feels more competitive now. I think it, it, it is was in previous generations and, and they, they kind of have this idealistic, like maybe it was put on them by parents or themselves or a combination of the culture and they feel this weight of I have to have I got to have this level of grades I got to have all this experience I got all these activities I got to have this to have the right resume or it's never going to work they see this one path and if they they have a hiccup or they stumble or they fail it's all over right Just right why even go on anymore and part of that is, you know, you hear so often, and I know my kids experience this in high school, what are you going to do when you grow up? Where, where are you going to go to school? What is your plan? And I know it's a normal question to ask, but I can't tell you the pressure that teens report when they hear that question. It's like, I need to have it. Goodness, my my daughter's turning 16 uh, next week, and she was telling me, they keep asking me, mom, I'm a sophomore. I don't know exactly what I want to do. I feel like I have to have the answer. And some of my smarter friends, they have their answer, and I don't think I have my answer. And I'm like, honey, and it may not even be their answer. It's the answer <laughs> exactly. their parents are telling them exactly. of what their parents are putting expectations on them. I mean, I identified with that completely. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I think I've also wrestled with this last semester was really kind of coming to terms with, I have these thoughts as I've helped my child. And I've, you know, when you were talking earlier, I've always had the premise of I am working myself out of a job as a mom. I mean, I'll always be a mom, but not the mom that's trying to take care of everything. They need to be totally independent adults. And yet at the same time, I saw this vision of who they have been for these 18 years and and where I saw them going and what their world would be like. And that's not necessarily who they are and who they see themselves as and coming to terms as a parent not I'm not living vicariously through my child I went to college I had the world I wanted to have I just saw something different and to be able to let that go and have more grace and acceptance for just what are they looking for and even though I would ask that when they were younger I know that there was a expectation even in my ask when they would answer how I might respond to it oh, okay, well, maybe we ought to go into this, you know, let's look at that, you know, kind of thing of trying to direct it and not just accepting where they were coming. So, yeah, it's kind of like a, where do, where do I end and where do you begin? And it's also a becoming process with these young adults. They may, they may have, they may know. So my, my oldest, I hope my kids don't mind me talking about them. She's, (laughs) she graduates this semester and uh, she told us, I kid you not, in seventh grade, she said, I, I really like the idea of criminal 
she didn't know what it was called, criminal justice. I want to work for the FBI or the CIA. And she did actually stick with that plan. She went into criminal justice. Um, I hope this is okay to say she was, um, she's recently joining the secret service. So it's not a secret anymore, but (laughs) (laughs) so she, she did actually know early and she stayed with it, but a lot of kids don't. And and the expectation should be not to push that so much. Um, I do think there's a reality based on what you said about the the competition. So there has been an increased cost of college and transportation and housing. There has been a reduction of scholarships that that are accessible because think about it with economic downturn, there's less scholarship money, there's more need for grants and so less people can access that. So I really think it's problematic in the financial sense. Mm -hmm. And so kids are like, I have to excel to get that scholarship or to get whatever resources. It's like a fight for that. Mm-hmm. And we talk about college. A lot of these kids are not even, I, I want to be clear, not everybody's meant for college. Right. Not everybody needs to go to college. So there's also, you know, kind of that layer of like, what are our expectations? Absolutely. Maybe a training program or just work your way up through the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good word. That's a good word. Um, I think that, uh, you know, sometimes there is a anxiety that comes along with that um, stepping off out of the nest. You know, I think that's a general thing that has really risen. And I know we'll get more into the pandemic, but I think the anxiety of, you know, getting out there in a world that says you may have a college degree and you may still not get a job or you may have right now, I think the average debt when a college kid graduates is about 30,000. Um, at least that's what I read. I suspect it's higher than that for many. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And since you mentioned it, what do you think, you know, we just talked about what the um, issues are for this generation and, and what kind of had ramped up for this generation. What do you think are additional um, problems and issues that these kids are having because of the pandemic and uh, the COVID issue? Well, I mean, I think that the, the one that you might all expect is just really the isolation of it all. Um, I don't think any of us could have really known when that, when that March spring break hit right. and the kids were off from school that it would have been like spring break, which at first seemed like, whoa, I mean, we're going to take a little mini vacation here, but I don't know that we all really knew um, what that was going to look like. And after you got through a few initial weeks or months of, you know, staying home or quarantining, it became like this thing where it wasn't funny or fun for many kids. Um, so the isolation, the, the, the lack of being able to be in person, um, fears of, um, you know, being sick or getting someone sick. Um, how do we navigate this educationally? So, you know, lots of parents at home are like, a teacher like what do I do with this um in in college kids my goodness so the class of well, we can talk about this the class of 2017 lost the second half of their senior year essentially oh, they in the class of 2020 oh I'm sorry it was 2020 oops yeah, no, I don't okay. know why I said that that was my daughter I'm stuck on my daughter she <laughs> no was 2017 no I, I have to rewind 2020 it's all a blur this yes past, I'm telling you know, time like, time has no know. form no it doesn't right <laughs> now like, thank for you for sure. that <laughs> Class of 2020 was, uh, they, they kind of lost their, you know, there's like these things that happen, you know, that kind of get you geared up for I'm about to enter the adult world. And, you know, things as simple as like prom and like some graduation ceremonies were not the same. So they were kind of shut down, didn't have all the goodbyes that they kind of hoped to have. So that was strange. And then they entered into this surreal world of you have to launch, but launching is going to look unlike anything 
you know, any of us have experienced. So for some that meant, okay, I'm going off to college, except my college shut down the dorm. So I'm going to go off to college and I'm going to sit home. This is what my neighbor's uh, kid did. And I'm going to do classes online from my bedroom, even though I'm at college. Uh, for my son, he went off to college and was kind of uh, mostly quarantined in his dorm room. Um, he's at A&M doing core activities, and he would spend like most of his day when he wasn't doing the physical activity back in his room. And I think that what happened is anxiety went up and depression went up. Um, the access to support and resources became difficult. An example of that would be he had issues with financial aid and trying to figure out what he was doing with his scholarship. And there was no going into the office to see a person to talk about it. They said, do not call us because they were overwhelmed. They said, you have to do this through email. So think if you have like a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and you're trying to compose emails back and forth and it was taking four days in between responses. Things like that. Um, You know, one of the issues that we had personally is that um, we had prepared our kids. As I said, you know, we've always prepared them to be independent. And so when my son went off to college, we just kind of went, all right, we're doing the right thing as a parent to say, you're an adult now, you're responsible, you're supposed to launch and take care of yourself. And he just started floundering. And it was a very difficult semester for him. And it took a while for me to really kind of recognize that no, actually, we needed to kind of step in and start helping a little bit. And we actually didn't the whole first semester. And this semester we are now are. One of the things um, is that uh, when I started checking his emails, um, the school system was sending him 500 emails a day, a day. Now, this is a large university, 50,000 students, but it's join this group, join this club. Hey, we have this going on. Don't forget about this. And amongst these 500 emails a day, he would have a professor saying, you've got to get this paper in and it's due tomorrow. Every single professor he had used a different system. Some would use apps for Quizlets. Some would use this app for these other tests or quizzes. He had to go to this website for this, this website for that. Nothing was turned in at the same place. And he was so overwhelmed. And when I looked at it as a grown adult who my job is in IT and software and a lot of that, and I get a lot of that, I was overwhelmed looking at it. And I thought, I, we've got to figure out a way to help you um, navigate this and get this organized. It's not just a paper calendar anymore. I mean, when we went to college, you literally showed up, you knew your schedule, you went to class, you got your homework, you showed up at the next class with your homework and turned it in. And that's not even close to the case. Some of them, homework's due at 1 a.m. Some it's due at, you know, 10 p.m. It's just everywhere. And we had thrown him into this thinking that, um, it was sink or swim, and we as parents didn't step aside with him enough. And at the end of the semester, when we asked him, what is one of the biggest things we can do to help you this next semester? He said, reach out more, yeah, call me more. Yeah. And so that was, you know, one of the big things that the kids said in one of the studies was just having administration reach out more. Someone reach out to me because these kids feel like, okay, they haven't been raised in the pandemic and they've been raised that I can take care of this and I can do it. And I'm supposed to be able to figure this all out. And they get there and they're like, 
I don't know what to do and I don't even know who to ask and how to do this. And I shouldn't be asking because my parents have said I'm supposed to be independent now. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's, that's, yeah. that's a thing that I think is huge because I actually asked my son, I was like, tell me straight up, you know, as I was preparing for this a little bit, what, what do you see as the biggest challenge? And he said, and, and my son has some attentional issues, like just even those executive functioning skills of, mm-hmm. you know, planning ahead has been a little bit of a challenge for him. But he said that this online schooling has put even more responsibility on the students, not just to read the syllabus and, you know, like we did and just kind of see what is due. He said it was like, like you were mentioning, you have so many things to check. You have to check this, check that, go here, do this. And he said, you know, you get kind of exhausted. And so sometimes you're like, I just want to take a mental break, but your mental breaks can be like breaks, right? Like, I don't even want to face it. And I think it's the sense of overwhelm. I think it's, that to me is where the anxiety part comes in for some of the college kids is they're overwhelmed. And he, he brought up a really great point. Um, I mean, I used to teach high school. He said, you know, when you're in class, the teacher would say, even though it's written down, you have a test, but the teacher would say, remember, do this. Here's your study guide, you know, and you'd hear your, he said, you'd hear your friends say, oh gosh, this project's so hard and I'm at this phase of the project. And he said, those things would help him to kind of orient to what he needed to do. He said, sitting in a room with silence, no one is there talking about it. And frankly, he missed a quiz and it devastated him. He just didn't realize it. And he's like, oh my goodness, I'm tanking my grade. Um, So I think what you're saying is true. Now I have seen some kind of adjustment by some professors to go, okay, I realize this is difficult. They're giving some kind of, I'll let you miss an assignment, or maybe we can work this through. But do we want as parents to, to teach the kids to start saying, you know, there's excuses here. I'm going to blame this or blame that. It's like on one hand, we want to support, but on the other hand, we want to say, but it's still on you. Right. Where is that line? Finding that balance in that that line of Mm -hmm. how much do you do that? Mm-hmm. I'd love to kind of get into that part of the discussion okay, if we could sure. a little bit too, Christy. Um, and I, one thing I love about this too, I think it's it's good just to kind of walk in their shoes a little bit. What would it be like being a college student, a young adult right now? Not having, you know, using a rewind many years ago back to my own college experience. There were so many things about walking to class. Like you said, the yeah. interaction with that person sitting next to me, Hey, what did he say? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Cause like me being a little more of a people person, that was important for me having study groups, mm-hmm. um, being able to go in the class, like ask the professor a question. There's all these like things that were part of a normal college experience that I think now realizing that they may have seemed like, you know, subsid- kind of things on the side, but they really did help the overall growth and learning process. It's not just, and there's all just so many different learning styles too. Not everybody's just a, uh, an audio learner. Some of us are visual, some of us are, you know, there's, and it's just like you're reducing it to one type of learning right now, which is really, really tough. And so I, I want to definitely shift now to, okay, we don't want to be doomsday, just be like, oh, this is incredibly difficult. We'd love to just, you know, talk about with you, Christy, what are some, Let's think about the young adult first and then maybe go to parents a little bit. But what are some healthy coping strategies if there's a young adult listening to this right now that's saying, what can I do right now? I am here. Maybe I'm in college right now, different you know, phase of college. What are some strategies that, that could help me kind of navigate through this right now? 
So it, it, again, it's twofold because I don't want to just focus on, you know, COVID because, you know, there's also the, the big picture, right? So in the big picture, in the becoming of an emerging adult, I, I would say to any young adult, no matter what the scenario is, you want to explore your passions, your gifts, you want to find kind of your purpose, because it's really tough if you, you know, I understand it's okay to jump jobs or change majors, but you really want to get a direction. Like, where am I headed? Like to look at the big picture and say, it's not just, you know, moment by moment, like what is the actual direction? And if they're not asking themselves that question, there is more floundering. There is more, what do I do? Or asking others to tell you what you're doing, which doesn't always have a good outcome. Um, so I, I think career assessments, you know, just exploring your passions, taking classes to see what, what your interests are and really kind of getting that down. Um, you know, with the situation we're in, really acceptance that it's a rocky time, acceptance that it is hard, um, acceptance of the limitations is a big deal rather than, like you said, kind of going into that doomsday, woe is me mentality. Cause I think the self pity is not going to help them. Kind of just saying it is what it is. Now, how can I reach for resources to work this through? And some kids honestly don't know that's where we can kind of help them. I have to blend the parenting. Yeah, yeah, because we have to kind of too. Yeah, because we have to help them. They sometimes just don't know there's resources. So, particularly if you're at college, there are some resources, and they may not know that you can go and get some help with some tutoring, even if it's online. Or, you know, how do you reach out to the counseling um, department on campus? Things like that. They may be doing um, teletherapy, but there are some options if you just kind of look. What What are you paying for? Right there's right. there's some <laughs> services. Yeah. Um, even those that ha- need some extra help with attentional issues, things like that, they're not going to reach for it if they don't know it exists. Okay. Um, I think really, you know, and I'll add in COVID to this, just finding opportunities to be relational that's not on Zoom. And maybe that's a little controversial, but I think that these kids, they need some human contact. I don't care if it's six feet apart or what. They need, they need to see faces. They need to laugh. They need to talk. They need to say, we're in the same boat together. You know, how are you getting through? They need to share some, cause that's like the normal, you know, your peers are so important and being away from that is devastating for them. Yeah. yeah. We've seen even. We've got more college students, you know, here even our, where our church is located in the Woodlands. It's not necessarily a huge college, four-year college town, although we have Lone Star, which is a two-year university growing significantly over the last few years. But we've seen a rise in our young adult ministry here at church. You know, I think more so than ever, we have more here. And to your point, they, they are craving any kind yes. of actually in-person, you know, do all the guidelines you need to do, but just to see other people in person mm-hmm. is so huge for them right now. Yeah, my my son, his his attitude greatly improved. When I like you, Lark, I I, I started being a little more hands on. Not like show me your right. syllabus, but like, you know, are, are you doing your checklist? Are you? Yes. And, and, oh, and like I want to just call him and be like, Hey, so how's your day going? <laughs> Were you able to make classes? You know, for the ones that he can go in person, or how's it going? How's your internet? You know, just kind of trying to be real yeah. subtle about did you get your homework Got turned the in? Here, <laughs> exactly, yeah. okay. but not micromanaging. But calling once a week. I wasn't doing that the first semester at all because I'm thinking, you know, I was actually told by someone the week before my son went to college, "Don't be that mom. Don't call your yeah. kid all the time." And so I didn't. And 
now I regret not, but you make changes and you learn just like they do, you know, so. Yeah. And, and I'm going to add to that. You mentioned the paper planners. I actually highly recommend kids do go back to paper planners to mm-hmm. some extent because sometimes they're doing so much online that if they write it down, it, it puts it up in the memory. We know if you write it down, it tends to be more tangible. Yeah, so but I think he started to do really better when he, he got with a ministry on campus and he started meeting with a group. Um, and he didn't have a car. I'm the mean mom that says you're going to school with no car. But what was, I know, <laughs> bad mom, but he, they were like, we'll come and pick you up. And, and so he found a deal where he could go and he suddenly made those connections and his mental health improved. I think he really was like a happier kid because he could do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. And so I do have a final question about as a parent, what can I do besides the things we've talked about to help uh, launch my kids, the next one that's coming up, the one that is out there and currently in college or is even going to tech school or, you know, like we said, there's different options for your kids, but I have a child that's out there that's launching and it's a difficult time and one that's coming up. What can I do as a parent to better prepare them and to help them? Well, and this is this is a tough one. I think it goes back to finding that line of what is helpful. And, and as parents, we have to ask ourselves, is our helping actually helping? So when you mention like the, that concept of like being that mom who's right. who's checklisting and micromanaging, I mean, I'll, I'll give an example of maybe on the extreme side, as we call the helicopter parents right. that you hear. Um, I've had more than one uh, parent that I've had to bring into the counseling situation to say, it's not okay when your kid is floundering to do their homework at college. It's wow. not okay to say, oh, I know you're overwhelmed. Let me write that paper for you. I'm not even kidding. This is, this exists. So uh-huh. I, I have to say, when you, when you take it on, when you own the responsibility, you're actually creating more insecurity in them that they can't do it. You're sending the message that, you know, you're, you're really enabling them, but you're also sending the message you can't handle it. So I think there's a, there's a firm line there, uh, on the coddling side. But then there's also on the far spectrum, you don't want to be that, the other parent that's like, sink or swim, go to it. Uh, I've heard parents say, you know, I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my parents said just handle it. And, and I, I had to learn how to swim. But what we learned how to swim in was like maybe the deep end of the pool and maybe they're in shark infested waters. Oh, they're in the ocean. And, yeah. and, they're, and they're like, I need a life preserver. Yeah. So I don't know that we want to go so far as to say hands off. I, I don't, you're going to figure it out. Don't care. So if, you know, I think that's the, the main thing I would say is really asking those questions. Ask your kid what he or she needs. Mm-hmm. And then we make the assumption that launching means, okay, they're out at school or they're out in a job or in an apartment. What about those kids that are still launching, but they're, they're home? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that there's a big, the big B word of boundaries. You have to decide, okay, in high school, it looked like this, but there's a mental shift that once they are launching, but still in the home, they're still adulting. So where, where do I begin or where do I end and where do you begin again? So it might be like my expectations are these things will happen, but know the difference between expectations and preferences. Like, I prefer that you study and go to bed by midnight, but when they're an adult, they have to make that choice. What if they want to study at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m.? My preference is not the same thing as an expectation. Does that make some sense? That's really Absolutely. good. Yeah, I love that. And that, that's a, and thanks for mentioning that because I'm sure there are a lot of parents that, wait a minute, I thought I was going to be an empty nester now. And my now I've got a college student doing college classes back in my house and 
I'm in uncharted territory. I like what, where's the playbook on this one? Where's the instructions? I don't know what to do. So that's <laughs> right. a good word about where I in you begin and preferences, expectations, thinking that yeah. through. And, 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 this, and, you know, when they go off, it's like, we don't know what they're doing. We don't know what their social life looks like. So I'm not going to say I have like the to-do list in terms of that, but you have to navigate that. And I would say, have hard conversations about finances, about dating, about mm -hmm. expectations in the home. What are you supposed to handle? Don't make the assumption that they're just going to, oh, I'm 18 or 19. I'm just going to do it. You have to say, no, you're responsible for these things. If you're going to be out, you know, late, you need to let me know if that's your expectation. Um, if you're failing classes, maybe that's on you to pay for those failed classes. There's a lot of hard conversations. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, Christy, I feel like we could, we could talk about this for a long time. There's so much here, but it's so good to at least even just think through some of these things and, and so many helpful things. If people listening wanted to learn more about this or connect with you, I'd love for you to mention any resources you might want them to check out or how they could connect with you, you know, even in what you do in your practice. So how would they do that? Yeah. So I, I want to throw in a kind of a, a final point that, you know, if you think you see a kid that you know, or a friend of your kid, or just if you notice a situation where it's kind of hitting over the line there, you see some depression or anxiety, you see mental health issues happening, overwhelm, you know, sometimes kids will reach out to a parent that's not their parent, right? And you want to see that they can get the help that they need, whether that's through on, you know, campus resources or some churches off, off, offer resources. Um, one place that I really like, Mosaics of Mercy, um, has a lot of you know, matching families with resources to get affordable counseling if that is needed. Um, I think there's, you know, churches do a good job of like offering support, you know, in their, in their ministries. You mentioned, you mentioned here, what do they do? Yeah. With that? Yeah. We've got a young adult ministry here. They do uh, every Thursday night uh, they gather together at seven o'clock and they do different outings. Like they're going to do a retreat coming up. So just trying to mm -hmm. find ways to connect together regularly. Yeah. But I think we have to really pay attention to that. I think it's no, um, it's no small issue that suicide is on the rise and that it has been a real issue. Um, and I, I know that that's a hard word to swallow for people, but we, we want to allow connections to continue and hope, you know, someone said yesterday to me, which I thought was really great. They said, you know, 2020 was, it started with so much hope and gusto and wonder. I saw so much, you know, new decade and then it ended kind of lousy. And they said that 2021 is still starting a little bit lousy, but there's a lot of hope that we can pull out and have, and have a shift. So communicating hope is a really big deal yeah, I love that and, and hang on to that. Um, I have a, a few books here I, that I thought were good for kind of a parent guide. One's called Growing With uh, by Powell and Argue. And another book is Failure to Launch uh, by Mark McConville. And I think that they're just good reading if you want to just brush up on what, where's the line and what should I do and how can I help? Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I'm a counselor. You can feel free to reach out. I know a lot of people that, that do this kind of work and yeah. I'd be happy to help people find resources as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thank and uh, we want to thank you for, for listening. Uh, Equip Online is a partnership between Stonebridge Church and Mosaics of Mercy, which Christy mentioned. They're a really fantastic nonprofit here in our area that their their heart is just to help connect people to the great wealth of counselors we have in our area and support groups and resources. So they're really this digital resource hub for our community. 
And again, we thank you for listening. And our desire to equip is that you would walk in the fullness of life that you've been created for. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We are really passionate about mental health. If you found this episode helpful or beneficial in any way, we would love for you to hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, and ding the notification bell so that you never miss another episode. You can also subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. See you next time.